Hey, what's up? It's Craig with the preamble, which means I'm going to tell you something about the podcast before we get into the podcast. You guys love these. Uh, The thing I'm going to tell you is that we recorded this podcast before I left for my wedding. I am now back. I'm a married man. I'm very happy about that. It is wonderful. Uh, But I actually never got the chance to post this podcast before I left for the UK at my wedding. So outside of us talking about the wedding, nothing in this podcast is dated. The topic is evergreen. And the good news is, is at the end, when I'm like, see you in a couple weeks, that's not true. We'll see you next week. Uh, but just wanted to, to throw that out there. Uh, and without further ado, here's the pod. Welcome to the Train With The Best podcast, a podcast by fit pros for anyone who loves the world of fitness and wants to understand it better. I'm Craig Hoffman. I'm a personal trainer, performance coach, and media personality. And I'm Chris Gore as a 15-year strength and conditioning coach, master trainer, and international educator. And today, we're going to paint for you a picture of what it actually means to train like a pro athlete. Now, when you say uh, train like a pro athlete, you probably think of like these epic training montages that you see on Instagram that the pros actually put out there. And you assume those are from like a three hour session and two or three a days. And realistically, Chris, that's just, that's just not what it looks like. Um, for background, what, when's the first time that you ever saw a pro athlete work out or worked with a pro athlete yourself? Oof. Uh, man, this was a long time ago. So, um, I'm guessing maybe 12 years ago, like 2010, 2011 is, is when I started working with pros. Um, and, and who I mean, was the first one that you worked with? Uh, so I'm not going to count Aguchi because Aguchi is not, uh, like he's a he's a friend, so I I, I don't. Really... I mean, he's still a pro athlete. If you yeah, were training him, like you were training him, and he was he was a pro athlete at a ridiculously high level. But but also, I mean, like even even when we were playing football at Cornell, like there were some guys that went on to go go play in the pros there. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it was it. Uh, I would say it was Graham Gano, um, who is a kicker. So it's a little bit different than like Lorenzo Alexander. Uh, so watching him work out was a little bit different than seeing Graham, right? And, and Lorenzo works out at, a, at an insane pace for compared compared to some of his other contemporaries or his other teammates. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my my first one was Zoe. Um, watching him work with you, um, I probably had seen something before. I mean, you see snippets, right? When you're in the media and the jobs that I had, you see snippets of workouts, you see snippets of practice, uh, depending on what your job is or, or what access you might have to certain things. Right. Um, I had certainly in college seen a lot of really high level practices, uh, specifically when I was at MTSU, um, because at Syracuse, I didn't have the access, um, that I had at middle. Um, I was really fortunate to develop great relationships with Kermit Davis, who was the men's basketball coach and Rick Insel, who was the women's basketball coach. Uh, and I think Rick's still there. Um, Kermit's now in the sec again. And he, you know, he probably would have been a higher level coach had he had not had some uh, NCA violations, uh, prior to his arrival at, at MTSU. But, 
um, I got to watch those practices. I never got to really see the weight room, but watching the intensity, watching the attention to detail, obviously, um, Alicia Clark was on, who's now, you know, with the mystics in the playoffs. Uh, well, by the time this comes out, we'll see what happens in game two tonight against Seattle. But, you know, Alicia has been a 10 year pro in, in the W and watching her work, uh, at, at, even the college level, you see the difference, you see the intensity, you see the focus. But what I think gets construed between that, like what what the average person is doing and what the pro is doing is that it's not really about the quantity. It's not like there's, I mean, there certainly are three hour practices and things like that that can happen. Um, But in terms of especially the weight room and the skill development, uh, that you might do away from practice, like that stuff is all about super high quality, not super high quantity. Yeah, I, I mean the quantity they, they still get a ton of quantity. They just don't get it in the weight room, right? Like they're gonna get their quantity from being on the field. They're gonna get their 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 exercises or their cardio from going through their reps uh, on the court or you know in practices or whatever. So when we're in the weight room, like. I, I would say, especially like in season, right? Zoe, who works out like crazy, is probably in the weight room in season two, two hours and 15 minutes for the week, maybe two and a half hours tops for the week, right? Like I can pull up some of his old stuff when we were at Buffalo and, you know, it's like a, it's a, it's an hour workout on Monday and 45 minute workout on Wednesday 45 minute workout on Friday um it's it's really not a lot um because he's he's getting it one it's it's all about recovery in the NFL season right like how how well do you recover and um how how quickly you can get back up to speed after Sunday's game right and then it's just making sure that we're maintaining that strength and everything else is coming from practices and and even then the practice itself right especially during the season Practice is an hour and a half, two hours tops. So so you're yep. at the facility for eight hours a day, but you're only on the practice field for two hours, right? Whole lot of meetings. That's it. It's a lot of meetings. It's a lot of it's a lot of mental preparation, and that's what it takes to be a professional athlete in the NFL. Um, same thing with basketball. It's not like it's not like we we get out there and, and work out, right? Like the workouts are maybe. 30 to 45 minute lifts after a game or, or after a workout. And again, you're probably talking about a total of n- no more than three hours in a week total of time dedicated to strength training because we, we get it. We get it in and, we, and we, we don't mess around and there's no downtime, this or that. There's no fluff, right? It, everything is targeted and is precise and it's not like, hey, we're just going to do this workout because... This is going to be an awesome calorie burn. Like that's not a thing uh, that uh, that professional athletes think about. They don't think about, man. I just need to get in here and, and get a good calorie burn or feel a burn. That's not that's not something that we think about. Um, in the off season, it's a little bit different, um, especially for Zoe. Zoe was somebody that had to come come down from three hundred pounds and change his body. But even then, we would we would work out. Let's say. Four hours a week, I would say, and then he would do like a couple sessions of either Pilates or yoga for for recovery and getting his his um his mind and his body and his flexibility and his movement right. So it, it wasn't like 
we're pushing, we're red lighting his body five, six hours a week. That's not how that goes. And it's even like um, MMA fighters and, and, and boxers, right? Like they're, they're in the gym. Yes, they're in the gym for eight hours a day, but they're not working out balls to the wall eight hours a day. They might be doing um, like an hour of fitness, strength and conditioning stuff. Um, they've got their, their road work because you've got to be in crazy shape, if, especially if you're in a championship fight and you're going 10, 12 rounds. Like that's crazy shape that you got to be in. But even like their, their boxing stuff, like then when they're hitting mitts, when they're hitting the bag, when they're hitting, that's not like fitness calorie burn type of workouts that you would do at title boxing or whatever, right? That is fine tuning the things that they're doing. And that's their equivalent of an NFL player watching film. Because what they're doing is they're sparring with partners who are imitating or mimicking the fighting style of their opponent that they're going to see in the ring, right? And they're fine-tuning like, hey, if I see this, this is how I'm going to react to this. This is how I'm going to attack this vulnerability. That's not that's not like, hey, let's get in here and throw a bunch of punches and get a good sweat in. No, that's, that's fine-tuning a strategy. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest difference too, is like, I'm so glad you mentioned the goal kind of element of it, of like, when you're an athlete that is playing a sport, your goal is to be as good as you possibly can be at that sport. And thus everything you do as part of your training from strength and conditioning to your practice work on the court to individually, you know, skill development, whatever, uh, with a coach on your own to team practice, like it's all to be as good as you can possibly be at that sport. The idea that you're just out there trying to get a sweat there, you're out there trying to stay in shape. Like the amount of work that you have to put in is, is going to dictate that you're going to be in pretty good shape. Not to say that there aren't certain athletes that, and actually do want to talk about this. Like, you know, Steph Curry has gotten a lot of praise over the last two years for his improved Sure. strength and yeah. endurance. Um, and you can see how it affects his game. You can see how it matters. We did a podcast on it actually, right. um, how much, how much that has, has helped. Um, but he got there not by being like, I've got to get in shape. It's like, I've got to be stronger in these very specific ways. And so it becomes a, a mission driven, very specific plan that also supplements everything else that he's doing. And so I think that like that is like if you if you all of a sudden are someone who is training for a race, if you're a runner or a triathlete, if you are training for a boxing event, if you are training for uh, you want to be better in your 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 uh, you know rec league uh, basketball or flag football or ultimate frisbee, whatever. Like instead of treating workouts as like oh I've got to do it to stay in shape, reframe that mentality of like. I need to get stronger in these very specific ways, or I even need to be conditioned in these very specific ways. And that will help you ultimately become the athlete that you want, as opposed to being like, Oh, I, well, I need to be in better shape. Um, I need to be better conditioned to be more specific with my language. And so I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to double a soul cycle in an F 45 class because those are kind of conditioning workouts. Yeah, that's not that's not conditioning. I mean, honestly, that's not conditioning. It's it's fitness. It's not conditioning. So conditioning in, on a sports level is very different than fitness, right? Like, and this is what um, fit pros maybe struggle with when it comes to the difference between training somebody for fitness and being in great shape, 
versus being conditioned for their sport, right? Conditioning means like making decisions when you're tired. There is no decision to make in soul cycle class, right? <laughs> like there, there just isn't. You're not reacting to somebody hitting you. You're not reacting to somebody taking this step. Chris, you have to react to the choreo. Whatever, right? So, so <laughs> again, the, the only thing you're reacting to is like the bright lights and the loud music and, and wondering if, if you're going to make it through, you know, like, hey, do, do I really want to do this? Am I going to push this to the level that this soul cycle instructor is screaming me at? Or like, am I just going to sit here, pretend like I'm cycling and breathe real hard so the girl next to me doesn't judge me, right? Like, that's, that's what you're thinking about in a soul cycle class. When you're in a fight, for instance, right? Like, there's real live shots coming at your face. That's not you, you're not going to get out of that way because I, I did a soul cycle class. You know what I mean? Right. right? Or like, frankly, like a, a rumble or whatever else. Like again, these are these are great fitness workouts. We're not trying to crap on them for right. that. We're not, we're not, um, yeah. but, but it's just like it, even it's like oh I well it's practice throwing punches. But you don't have to make the decision of like where when how do I move. They tell you what correct. to do. You know how many you know how many punches you throw in a rumble class, and over in over a minute they're gonna have you throw like probably thirty combos, right? Like so, so you're probably gonna throw uh, like sixty to eighty punches in a minute at, at at a rumble class or like a title boxing class or whatever, and, and that's just over a minute. Like over the course of that entire class, you're probably gonna throw thousands of punches, right? Like, do you know how many punches boxers throw? A professional boxer will throw in a three-minute round, maybe maybe fifty or sixty, like that. Anything more than that, you're starting to take a look at. Like Manny Pacquiao had incre- incredible like work rates where he would just punch the shit out of people, right? And he was just punch, 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 and he was throwing like a hundred punches around for for three for three minutes. That's thirty minute. That that's I'm sorry. That's thirty to thirty-five punches per minute. It's not a lot. That's not a lot compared to what you're going to do at a rumble class, right? So, but <laughs> the intensity on those punches and the, and the intent of those punches and the precision of those punches and the purpose of those punches, completely different than when you're just hitting a bag that's not going to hit you back, right? And same thing like conditioning, right? Like Steph Curry doesn't just go out there and run cone to cone and say, hey, I'm going to run sideline to sideline and run suicides and this and that. Yeah, there's there's some of that, but there's also like, working to 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 get off of screens like he knows what he's conditioning for he knows he's conditioning because you're not just going to throw Steph the ball on the wing or in the mid post and he's going to go to work like KD is the way that that, that Steph is going to get his shots off is coming off of screens relocating after he gets rid of the ball getting to the corner coming up on pin like there's all kinds of things that he knows that he has to do so those are specific like he's taking those shots and those are not, that's not just hey let me just run around the court for no reason right so everything is precise everything is purposeful there's not there's no energy wasted on on what i said earlier which is some of the fluff stuff that you see in fitness and again nothing wrong with fluff most people are not going to be in an nba game or a professional fight or in the fourth quarter of the super bowl so that's fine but there's a big difference between training somebody who's fit and training somebody who's conditioned for the sport we also talked about this when we talked about like uh the, the beep test that I hate so much that all of mm-hmm. our college girls just went through and everybody's struggling with and coaches coaches use it as an accountability tool because they want to be a hard ass and say, oh, if you don't pass my beep test, then you can't see my field. And that's great. Set, set the example. I guess, cool. Hold your girls accountable. Um, but 
let's not pretend like the, the, the girls who pass the beep test are the, are the best soccer players are the ones that you you're going to actually trust at the end of the game um to make the best decisions or or to make the right pass or the right the right play the right cover the right person right mark the right man that's a completely different thing than running from cone to cone when the whistle blows the Trade with the Best podcast is brought to you by Super Coffee. And watching our relationship evolve with Super Coffee over the last five years has been really fun. And frankly, it's been quite rewarding for me because as my needs have changed over the last five years of my life, Super Coffee's products have somehow, some way evolved to meet what I'm looking for. Now I train three days a week and I need a grab and go kind of coffee in the morning. Well, not only do they have the same great flavors they've had all along, they've got new ones that are exciting and delicious and quite frankly have become my favorites, the Tasty Pastry Collection, which you can get at drinksupercoffee.com. Also, now I'm doing a lot more espresso stuff at home because we have this brand new fancy espresso machine and Super Kramer's a great fit for all the lattes and cappuccinos that I'm making. So no matter your wants, they've got what you need. Go to drinksupercoffee.com. Use the code TRAINWITHTHEBEST for 25% off. The Trend with the Best podcast is brought to you by Jaku, the ultimate in speed measurement. Whether you want to run a 100-meter dash, a 200-meter, a 400, uh, an 800, a 40-yard dash, Jaku has it all covered. And there just aren't a lot of timing systems that can say that. And there are even fewer that can say, hey, what if you want to do a 5-10-5 drill or make up your own drill that involves multiple passes past the start-finish line? Jaku can handle all of that, and it does it all from your phone. All you need is a little device that goes on your wrist, or as a coach, you can hold it and give it a little whoosh, get things started. And the best part, it's way more affordable than those fancy, expensive, very, very, very expensive lasers. You want to find out how much it costs? Simple. Just go to jaku.com slash discount slash TWTB, and you'll see a price, and then, then you get to take another 20% off. Yeah, that's right. We'll get you a 20% discount. Go to jaku.com slash discount slash TWTB. The last thing that I wanted to touch on with this too is that everything that happens in a pro athlete quality workout is about refining the skill, or I shouldn't say everything, but most things are about refining the actual skill that you're working. Like obviously when you're on a bench press, like you're, you're looking to get stronger in your push muscles. Like that is, that is what it is. And that's like a prerequisite. There's a prerequisite amount of fitness, both strength and conditioning that you need to have to be an athlete at that level. But there is so much skill refinement in these workouts. And, and I know I've told this story on the pod before, but when I went down to Tampa a couple years ago and shadowed a session with yo, um, I think yo Murphy is as good at this stuff as anybody. And I'm watching him train two athletes at once. One was JJ Wilcox, who is an, was an NFL safety at the time. I think he was a free agent. Uh, hence he was still with yo, uh, and was, and he wound up getting picked up by a team like two weeks later. Um, and then Kyle Schwarber was in, uh, who, soon would sign with the Washington Nationals, actually. Um, but she was with the Chicago Cubs at the time. was coming off the World Series. Um, might have even been World Series MVP. Um, he was he was great for them. And he was in for off-season training. And the like, I didn't see those guys touch a weight for most of their workouts. Right. It was simply about moving better, refining the skill of movement, becoming more efficient, eliminating, uh, you know, wasted energy and the attention to detail and the quality uh emphasis was so evident in those workouts 
um, compared to like a quantity of like, we got to do a lot of stuff. We got to be in here forever. It was like, now we're going to be here for 45 minutes. You're going to hop on some pads. I'm going to pay really close attention to your alignment. Um, We're going to sure up exactly how you move. And that way, when you go out and do that second workout later on the field, your body is primed and ready to go. And you can go out and, and work on your skills with the ball, your decision making, all that kind of stuff. So it was almost like the workouts were preparation. Um, and I think that's a great way to think about it is like everything is geared towards how do I become that better player as opposed to, okay, am I generally in shape? Uh, that happens with, with your, your gen pop. And so when people start to think about like, oh, I want to get in shape for this. I want to be fit for this specific thing. Right. Everything is a preparation for that thing. Right. And, and so, like, look, the most most of the people in the population are getting ready for their next 5K, 10K, 20K run, half marathon, full marathon. That's what they're getting ready for. So, yeah, go, go out there and, and run and put the miles on the road, right? But for, for a professional athlete, they're getting ready for game day. Like, that's where the emotions spill over. They don't get hype for... And I'm not bagging on this, right? But they're not they're not gonna go and get hyped for heart day over at mm-hmm. Cut Seven. That's just not that's not their game day. Their game day is on Sundays when this is this is my this is where I get paid. This is right. my office. This is where I save all that for. You know, which I mean? by the way, I give Chris Parent a lot of credit because like for his athletes right. at Cut Seven, like they posit hard day as game day correct and it's and they kind of take this mentality like obviously as you said a pro athlete if they're going to check out cut seven for fun like they're that's not going to get the same hype but if game if heart day is your game day right. then everything they do at cut seven during the week is actually preparing you it's actually a really great example of exactly what we're talking about yeah exactly like that's that's your game day is heart day but again like think about like what you have to get through from heart day is heart like hey i just got to make a decision an internal decision to fight fatigue right you're not fighting somebody else you know what i mean right. when when you're competing that would be fun i'm gonna pitch that to parent be like yo we need defense on heart day <laughs> that's gonna change heart day a little bit um so you know going back to what the pro, pro athletes do and, and i think we've said this quote a couple of times on this on this podcast is that Lincoln quote about sharpening an axe. If you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend the first five hours sharpening the axe. And for, for us, that's what workouts are. It's sharpening the axe. This is not us swinging our axe. It's sharpening it, right? So when we do bench press, it's precise. We know what we're doing bench press for. We use the minimum effective dosage to get strong. And once we're strong enough, that's it. Especially once you get to the league, like when, once you get to the league, Guys that do bench press in the league, you don't see them coming out like the college kids do when they come out and they like they have bench press day or squat day and they're trying to set school records and get up on the board. That's not a thing in the league anymore. Um, so it, it, it's very different. Like the 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 game day is the game day. The workouts are not the game day when you're a pro athlete. And as as somebody that works with pro athletes too, like. One of the things that even yesterday, right, with with the Vernimax class, and one of the things that like it always kind of takes people by surprise is you look at our workout and our workout, the actual workout. If you take a look at even like a, a long workout, an hour and fifteen, an hour and a half workout, let's say, in that long workout, you're probably only going to get sixty to a hundred reps of actual like volume where where we would count them as work sets 
that's already uh, like 100 is a lot, right? Because if we go five by five on block one, that's 25 reps. If we go four by eight on block two, that's 32 reps. So we're already, that's already like what, 50, 57, 52 reps, right? Whatever. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm bad at math this morning. I didn't have any. Company. Wow. <laughs> I feel like that's two in a row. <laughs> so, anyways, you got what, a brand to hold up, bro. Come on. Lock in. <laughs> what people don't realize is, in an hour and a half warm and an hour and a half workout, like half an hour is warm up, is movement prep. Like there's a lot of movement prep that we do. When people come in, when pro athletes come in, they don't just tie their shoes, hop on a bike and start cycling, right? Like there is probably fifteen to twenty minutes of, of me taking them through guided stuff. And before that, they were already doing some of their own stuff ten to fifteen minutes before that. So there's a good 20 to 30 minutes of movement prep just to get them ready for that very first set. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Momentus, and we have a brand new code for Momentus. You guys use the old one too much, so we're like, hey, we got we to gotta switch it up. The new code is TWTB, as in Train With The Best, TWTB, to get the best sports supplementation on the market. Momentus is a suite of sports nutrition products meant to optimize your active life. It's trusted by over 150 pro and collegiate sports teams. It's also trusted by us, which is why we endorse it. That's kind of how that works. I use multiple Momentus products each and every day from their Elite Sleet supplement to their essential multivitamins, their proteins for recovery, the Collagen Shot, which is new and is an absolutely incredible product. Get it all 15% off using that brand new code. It's TWTB is in train with the best TWTB at livemomentous.com for 15% off your first order. The train with the best podcast is brought to you by blaze pod. And in some of these quick workouts where I'm trying to keep my volume low, BlazePod is actually a great tool to help me with my warm-up. It makes sure that my brain is turned on, my CNS is engaged, and that I'm not wasting a bunch of time when I don't have it and I'm trying to keep my training volume and my training time, the time that I am switched on, to a minimum. If it takes you longer to switch on, well, that's time you're never going to get back. So whether it's for a balance drill or whether it's a quick agility drill, whether it's some other way that I organize and use the blaze pods to get me going, not only physically but mentally, it is one of, if not my favorite tool in my bag. So go to blazepod.com, use the code TWTB for 15% off. That's TWTB for 15% off at blazepod.com. I do want to real quick dive a little bit deeper into that because I feel like we've done a lot of hypothetical or not hypothetical, a lot of um, philosophical speaking over the last 22 minutes. So for like the next two to wrap up the podcast, like what do the workouts actually look like? Like you get in the gym and let's, let's run through strength and then conditioning. Like what, what is an actual workout? I know it's going to depend on the athlete. It's going to depend on the sport. It's going to depend on their health. Like there's a million factors. It's, it's personal. That's why they hire a coach that works with them one-on-one, but like general, generally specifically, uh, what's, what's it look like? Yeah. So let's say, let's say, let's say the athlete comes in and this is somebody who's still playing, right? Not somebody who's retired or whatever, right? Somebody who's still playing. They come in, the first thing that they do, they're going to come in, 
they're going to start rolling out whatever it is that they need to do to roll out, right? So that they're they're either going to use a foam roll, a lacrosse ball, a theragun, something to to get going because like for for them, whether or not they're getting myofascial release or not, it's just like a routine for them to get into the mode of working out. And then we get into some of our active stretches, corrective stretches. Shoes are probably still off at this point. Um, and, and you've probably got about five to 10 minutes of active stretches, balance work, um, activation work, if it's like posterior shoulders or whatever, right? So this is all still barefoot, very conversational. Nobody's bro- broken the sweat yet, right? After that, then we're going to go into something a little bit more um, a little bit more active and dynamic where we're, we're going to like challenge ranges of motion, challenge coordination and stability, um, and then start moving a little bit more dynamically like into our skips and things like that. So that's about 15, 10 to 15 minutes into the workout, right? Uh, and then we're going to get after about 20 minutes of movement prep. Now there's a little bit of a sweat going. Um, we're still at a conversational pace, right? Uh, and then now what we're going to do is get into um, like what our first movement skill for the day. So whatever that movement skill is, that's going to be for the next 10 to 15 minutes. And that is very precise. Like that is when I like to try to shine as a coach because I'm picking out every single detail that's going to make this person a half percent better, right? Whether it's a shin angle, whether it's posture, whether it's their body lean on on the inside foot, whatever it is, I'm pointing out every small little detail for the next 10 to 15 minutes that's going to make them 0.5% better. So that's about 30 minutes into the workout. Again, now they're it's not as much of a conversational pace. They're still they're still can talk to us, but they're breathing a little bit harder. And now we're getting into strength. So we actually back off a little bit and we get into some of our strength blocks. So our first block, what I've been doing a lot of lately is like some ISO ISO overcoming strength, which is great. So we'll have about, I want to say, anywhere between six to eight sets of four to eight reps. So so somewhere around 40 to 50 reps of actual true strength of whatever muscle it is or whatever movement it is that we're trying to train that day. And then from there, we start to pick it back up again with the pace and we start to get into some supplementary strength. So if I was unilateral in primary strength and I'm going to be bilateral in supplementary and, and vice versa. Right. Right. And then we kick it back up towards the end again with some sort of conditioning drill where uh, again, there's decision making. We're either using like something that they're, they're reacting to me, they're reacting to uh, some other sort of stimulus that I have out there, whether it be like some of the skills, athlete intelligence stuff or blaze pod stuff. Right. And then, you know, we, we, we finish up with that. So the, uh, like for, for me as a coach, I'm, I'm really diving in, in the, in the movement skill per, part of things. I'm diving in early in the corrective type of stuff that we're doing. Um, once we get to strength, I kind of shut up when it comes to strength, because especially when it becomes to something that is challenging, because, because the, the, they're, they're not going to need it from me. They, they get what they get out of, the sets that I've set for them, I'll tell them, hey, look, we've got an overcoming ISO. I want you to pull this squat rack up out of the floor. Uh, you, you're going to try to hold that for three seconds, do that three times, and then come over here and we got broad jumps. Right? So there's not a whole lot of talking um, or instructing yeah. there. More of just... Especially, kind of and, and I think it's important to point out for any trainers listening, like, again, this we're talking about pros now. Yeah. We're talking about people who, who have the, the requisite skills and movement efficiency and all those things. They don't need to be coached on how to do a squat. 
Yeah. So don't, if you're doing heavy work sure. with uh, with with a new client, don't be like, all right, it's my time to shut up. Like, no, that's your time to talk. Yeah. Uh, but we're talking about pros, so you let the intensity be the dominant force there. Yeah, and, and honestly, like if if intensity is a dominant force, then whoever your client is, even if it's not a pro athlete, then find something that they can do very intensely that doesn't take a whole lot of coaching, right? So um, true. That's that's the the challenge there is for them to really like recruit as much muscle activation as they can and, and for them to just be a, be a beast right um when we're doing the movement skills when we're doing the correctives that's when i'm going to point out every small little minute detail but not when we're doing major strength right Sim- similarly not when we're doing when we get when once that remember i ramped that down a little bit the pace slows down for strength mm-hmm. um and then like, like we, it's going, it's just to be clarify like what that means between. like we're talking about, yeah, that longer rest time, like yeah. super high focus on quality, and then you just kind of chill in between. It doesn't yeah. have to be – it. the whole workout doesn't have to be full of stuff. Like in order to actually strength train properly, you need to rest in between. Yeah, if you didn't – like if, if you can get back on there in 30 seconds rest, then that weight's not heavy enough. Like right. you, the weight's got to be so heavy that you're going you're gonna to beg for two minutes of rest, right? Um. And then again, so so that's the, the rest period there in, in primary strength. But then when we get to like our metabolic stuff, our conditioning stuff, then yeah, we'll go back to 30 second or one minute rest or 10 second rest, depending on what we're doing. Um, and, and then again, at that point, I kind of shut up and I'm just like giving them the time. I say, hey, here's the circle with 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off or 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off on me. Ready? Go like that. That's there's not a whole lot of talking at that point or instructing at that point. Right. That's good stuff. So now, now you know what it looks like. Uh, <laughs> good luck out there. Good luck out there training. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more always to get to from how you actually do the the periodization to the balance of, of certain muscle groups to uh, overcoming or working around any injury. Like there's a million different facets that, you know, we could continue to talk about for hours and hours and hours. But this is a podcast uh, and, and thus you get what you get in the time that we have. <laughs> uh, so with that, uh, this this is it for a couple weeks because I'm off to the UK right. to go get married, uh, which is nuts. We say recording this. I get married in six days, Chris. Woo, man! You ready? I, I, I know ready. you're excited. You're excited. I'm I'm very excited. I know I'm Ray very is ready. Excited. Yeah, she's she's bouncing off the walls at this point. Uh, I got a couple more radio shows to do. Uh, but she's, she's done with work. It's like, I get to go to my appointments and then I get to pack and then we get to go. So That's like exciting, she's, man. she's, she's, she gets to be in that mode for a couple of days. Uh, I got two more radio shows to worry about to keep me, uh, keep my mind, uh, split occupied, but I'm certainly in a mode where I'm like, all right, let's get on this plane. Let's yeah, go. get on that plane. Go do this thing. I'm very excited. Um, so we will, uh, talk to you here on the pod. When we get back, I will be a married man. And uh, that's that's that for a couple of weeks. Any any parting words, Chris, on this no, chapter man. of train with the best history? <laughs> no, I, I think yeah. I guess this is the last uh, official podcast or uh, official episode with you as a, a single man. So so the next time that you're on this podcast, you're going to be married, and it's going to be awesome. We're going to be two married men on a podcast, and that's that'll be pretty cool. But uh, just just two from, married men talking about fitness. Come yeah. on and listen. It's the Train with right. the Best podcast, <laughs> right? But you know, obviously, for from me and from my family to you and to Rachel, you guys are a special couple to us, and and we 
we love you guys so much and, and you guys deserve this day and you know we're so we're so sorry that we can't be there but uh, I know that's going to be an amazing beautiful day and you guys deserve that and you know we can't wait can't wait to see you when you guys get back uh, you'll get the Zoom link, so we will make sure that you guys have that. <laughs> Although with the, the the softball and the football tournaments, uh, who knows if the timing will work that you guys will be able to watch <laughs> your schedules. Because sometimes I talk to Chris, I'm just like, what? Wait, where are you? What are you doing? How many tur- Are you in two places at once? Um, but no, in all sincerity, uh, we appreciate you guys so much. Uh, we're also very sad that you can't be there, but totally understand uh, the the dynamics at play. Uh, that when you when you plan an overseas wedding, these kinds of things uh, can happen from time to time. So, uh, but we appreciate you guys. We love you guys, and and we uh, have already talked about a couple of ideas to come down to Richmond and see you guys when we get back. So, uh, with that. Uh, signing off for a couple weeks here on the pod. Uh, obviously, being overseas and, and being able to focus on the wedding and the honeymoon, uh, not going to be doing a podcast. So uh, go back and listen to an old episode. Just scroll back, pick a random number and be like, hey, uh, somewhere between one and 215, uh, I'm going to listen to an episode that I haven't listened to yet. That's what you should do next week. Uh, in the meantime, though, uh, everyone have a great week and we will talk to you in a couple weeks here on the Chamber of the Best podcast. Peace.